Welcome to this episode of Portraits of Music. I'm Ross Sievertson. And I'm Clay Couturio, music director and conductor of the Richardson Symphony Orchestra. Well, this is going to be an interesting episode this afternoon. We're here in the RSO offices, and we have managing director Laurie Garvey with us. Say hi, Laurie. Hello. And of course, Maestro Couturio and myself. We're talking about the upcoming concert on February 6th, The Great American Road Trip. This is going to be a really interesting and unusual conversation um, because it's the three of us and and uh, we're just going to have a great, great talk. So, Maestro, why don't you get the conversation started? Sure, sure. Well, um, as you mentioned, it's the concert is called The Great American Road Trip. And I don't know about you guys, but for me growing up, I can remember my parents putting us all in the station wagon and traveling for hours and hours to get to a destination. I knew we would go certain places, but stopping along the way and seeing different sites, um, you know, they made movies about this sometimes, but right. uh, I, Laurie and I were talking, we thought, what if we made a musical journey about this? And so that's how the Great American Road Trip was originally that's where the idea came from. That's where from. the idea came from. It's a so great idea. We have several different places uh, uh, throughout the United States that we plan to stop and uh, li- and listen to some great music. And we have the roadmap right here in front of us. So why don't we kick off, Maestro? You know, what's, tell us where we're going. Where well, are we going? I'm, we're going to give you tidbits. We're not going to give everything away. We, oh. we, we uh, teaser, I guess you could call it. Uh, but one of the places we're going to stop is in Philadelphia. And, um, of course you could pick several different, lots of different types of music for, for Philadelphia, uh, from a movie standpoint, of course, the, the theme to Rocky comes to mind. Well, of course. Always. And, uh, to me, I, I, I remember every, that's a movie to me. There's certain movies that, that this happens for me at least, but if it comes on the TV, you, you, you think, oh, I remember this and you start to watch it and then. You can't seem to pull away. You just start, right. once it's on, you start watching until the end. I've got to see, because it, it brings back memories of when you watched it the first time. And um, it always does that for me. And it's one of those movies, I don't know why, but it's one that I, when uh, my kids were born and, and uh, I just thought, eventually I'm going to show them this movie. I don't know why, right. but I did. And so I did, I did that and my kids loved it. They loved, I, you know, it's. It's not really a movie about fighting per se. I wouldn't say it's boxing, but it it really has to do with, uh, I think, overcoming difficulty, obstacles, obstacles yeah. and difficulty, and and proving to yourself that you are someone who can succeed. Yeah, and it's it's the great American story. It is. And uh, what's great about that movie, I think, is it's uh, Philadelphia can, is known to be a hard place, right? You got to be tough to make it there, as Rocky was. Uh, so I showed this movie to my kids and they were at home and, you know, the, the music, which is by Bill Conti, uh, is so dramatic and, 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 and tough in itself and, and gets you riled up and you, you know, lots of people came out of that movie moving their fists, right. like they're, they're ready to, to fight themselves. And, and, uh, my daughters were the same way. They were, they were young, but they, they would dance around in the, uh, at home cause we're watching it at home. And. At the time, my youngest daughter, um, 
she she was of the age she was just I don't know if she was five years old or six years old or so and she wanted some crutches don't ask me why but she wanted some crutches to to go around the house in I think I I, well, right. I do know why one of her other friends needed crutches and she wanted there to to have them to support her or right. just to act like she needed them herself and I don't know why but uh, she rewound part of the film when when the theme to Rocky came back on and she got her crutches out and was just going around the house as fast as she could with these crutches, singing along with the theme. Right. She, thought, she thought she had been through a fight herself and it, it was just a hilarious scene. It's one of those things when you're at home talking with your family and you just start cracking up because someone right. does something. Right, sure. And so uh, Rocky has a new meaning to me after that, that experience. That. Yeah. So, so enough about me telling the story of my family with Rocky, the actual music itself, uh, of course, is used throughout the film, but there is one place that it's most famous for, and that's where Rocky is beginning to train right. uh, for the fight. And he starts near the railroad tracks, kind of like where he's from, right. and uh, goes through some difficult, hard parts of Philadelphia. And as he's going, uh, the music builds and builds and He's got people that know he's going to fight and they start cheering him on and waving at him as he goes through the shops and, and so forth. And it, it builds further. And the climax of the music is the portion of the film where he's going up the famous stairs, go up to the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Right. And he uh, earlier in the film, he he could not make it up those uh, stairs all the way. And the, the, the music was sad. Right. And then the portion I'm talking about where he actually does climax. He makes it up to the top and that's where he jumps up and down and his arms are up in the air and it's triumphant. And that's the end of the climax of the song. Uh, Became so famous that many people, when they go to Philadelphia, want to go up those stairs themselves and it gives them a sense of accomplishment. I think that's really inspirational. It is. That's rare for a movie to do that, to send people to a location and want to experience that same emotion. And it resonates that sense of triumph in, in many people mm-hmm. that, you know, I think that people can identify with. It's, it's the American dream. It is. It's what people like, yeah. want to identify with. Yes, right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Laurie, of our list, which, uh, which stops come to mind to you that you'd like to talk about? Well, um, one of the stops I'm most excited about is in South Dakota and um, specifically Mount Rushmore. My grandparents, my mother's parents lived in South Dakota, so we used to take family trips there every summer. And I've been to Mount Rushmore many, many times. And um, the music that will accompany this is actually the overture to North by Northwest. And the Hitchcock film. Yes, yes. And I'm a huge Alfred Hitchcock fan. So I'm particularly excited about the stop as well as the music because North by Northwest is one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. And um, Ross and Clay, you you probably already know this, but um, Hitchcock was known for making cameo appearances in most in of his movies. Most of not right in most of his movies. Yeah, right. um, he actually made appearances in forty of his fifty four movies. Wow! So, do you happen to know where he appears in North by Northwest? I can't think uh, offhand. No, I can't yeah. either. He is trying to get onto a bus at the very end of the opening title sequence. He's trying to get on the bus and the bus closes. Oh, that's right. At the beginning of the yeah. movie. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. fun. Um, but no, it's, it's a great, great movie. And Hitchcock said in multiple interviews that North by Northwest embodied everything that his American movies stood for. 
So it has all of the iconic landmarks. It has the um, innocent man um, accused of a crime, and he's constantly just digging himself in further and further. So in this case, it's Cary Grant. Right. So it's it's just such a fun movie to watch. Very exciting. And um, And I'll say from a musical perspective, the the overture is very uh, dramatic. And you can just imagine yourself if you were on top of Mount Rushmore, the first thing you're going to think is I don't want to fall off because mm-hmm. it's out in the open and it's tall and high. And that music sounds like that. It's, Embodies it it that. goes back and forth. It sounds like there's wind and you're, you don't want to fall off. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Bernard Herman actually worked with Alfred Hitchcock on seven of his films. Yes. So people know from that one. And of course the movie Psycho is, yes. is iconic. Psycho is probably his best known. Alfred Hitchcock score. Exactly. That's great. All right, Maestro, well, where are we going now? Well, let's go down. Let's talk about uh, Louisiana and right. New Orleans. Um, the home of jazz. The home of jazz. And that's the first thing that came to mind. And I thought, what could we perform to honor that? And uh, there is a wonderful work called Fantasy. It's Duke Ellington Fantasy. And it's a, really a medley of a whole bunch of his famous tunes. And uh, that, that whole region, the Delta region in Louisiana and, and Mississippi, the, um, the home of blues and jazz. And, and so some of the uh, works on this uh, medley is uh, our Caravan, Prelude to a Kiss, I'm Beginning to See the Light. And some of these you might think, well, I'm not sure I know that. But as in many musical pieces, you may not know the words or the title. Right. Once you hear it, you'll think, oh, I didn't know that that's what that was called. Uh, in a Sentimental Mood, a lot of people know that one. Yes. Uh, Don't Get Around Much Anymore, Sophisticated Lady, that's a popular one. I Got It Bad and uh, That Ain't Good. Probably one of his most famous, Take the A Train. Absolutely. And uh, Do Nothing Till You Hear From Me. And so this uh, medley is about seven, seven and a half minutes long or so. So uh, to fit all those pieces, because each of those uh, musical selections in their own right could be four or five minutes. Right. But they go by pretty fast in a seven uh, to a seven and a half minute uh, medley. So I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, of course, right next to Louisiana, our home state of Texas. And, you know, you think about your uh, own state and there's so much to to choose from and do you go the historical perspective right. do you go popular what, what do you what do you want to do you know it's, it's and no matter what you pick you and you can only have one it's like a road trip right you you pick one spot that one you're going to go to if you only have one choice and some people are going to be excited some people will say well why not this place or they remember different things but uh i chose the yellow rose of texas and there is a wonderful arrangement by carmen dragon in fact, we have two selections by Carmen Dragon on this concert. One is the Yellow Rose of Texas, and the other is America the Beautiful, which, of course, sums up our whole trip. Uh, and Carmen Dragon, for those who may or may not know, was a, a famous American conductor and a composer and an arranger, really well-known for arranging. Mm-hmm. And uh, in addition to live performances and recordings, he worked in radio, film, and television, really in the 40s, 50s, and into the 60s were his predominant eras. He, he worked well beyond that. I believe he died in the mid-80s or so. Um, he, uh, he actually won an Oscar in 1944 
or his work uh, on the musical Cover Girl. It was a movie version of right. it. it. had Gene Kelly and Rita Hayworth. He also made albums for Capitol Records uh, with the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra. He's really well known for uh, conducting and making arrangements for the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, so when I heard this arrangement of Yellow Rose of Texas, I, I said, this, is, this has got to be the one, really. I have a story I'd like to share. Um, I, too, grew up... Um, my father was a college professor, so summers were always the time for us to take very long road trips. And um, we would visit my grandparents in South Dakota and my other grandparents in Minnesota. And we'd also take many other trips each summer. So I've seen most of the United States. But one of my favorite memories is um, in a trip we took to South Dakota, my grandfather um, took us on a, a small trip one weekend and we were driving throughout the state. And we stopped at a we stopped at a park to have a picnic lunch, and there was a group of goats there, and my grandfather was reading the map to figure out where we were going to head next, and one of the goats ate his map. <laughs> and as a kid, that was a that was a pretty fun experience. So, <laughs> it's a new new twist on the dog ate my homework. That's right. <laughs> the goat ate my map. That's exactly right. So yeah. I remember a time. I shouldn't even tell the story. I really shouldn't, but I would. Um, parents put us in the station wagon, and this was before phones and maps on the phones and right. everything. And and we were headed out of Texas, supposed to go to New Mexico. And um, they had the maps out, right? My dad is driving, and my mom says, I think you're going the wrong way. And he said, no, I know where I'm going, right? Look at the map. And she says, no, I think we're supposed to go this way on this highway. and he goes, I guarantee you we're headed to New Mexico. And as he said that, we crossed the border into Oklahoma. <laughs> and um, not a word was said, and we made a U-turn, and then that was the end of that. So we did make it to New Mexico. <laughs> so I hope Dad's not listening to this podcast. All right. Well, moving smartly along. Uh, Where are we going next, Maestro? One of our other stops is through Memphis, Tennessee. and Home of the King. That's right. That's what you would think of as Graceland. Yes. And so we have a tribute to the king. And um, it actually opens with also Sprock Zarathustra. And you think, why Richard Strauss? Why a classical <laughs> piece? What in the world? But in his later years, Elvis, he would open up some of his concerts. Then This is older Elvis and the white... Um, suits and the sparkles and everything he would open up concerts with that theme he would come out and what the theme to 2001 would right. come on right? right and that's what people think of it to or, or also musicians of course think of it as the tone poem that it is right. of symphony orchestra but it opens with that and then uh, a few of the selections and tribute will include hound dog uh, love me tender jailhouse rock can't help falling in love. All shook up. All well known. Very good. All right. Where are we going next? We will take a stop through Kansas and um, not to be too cliche, but of course, everybody thinks of Wizard of Oz. Yes. And, and um, the main song in that movie, Over the Rainbow, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, uh, is a beautiful ballad by Harold Arlen. And, um, what year was that movie? 1939? 1939, yes. 1939. 
course, it won Best Picture, but Over the Rainbow uh, won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Oh, really? And as I've said many times, great music stands the test of time. Absolutely. I mean, that song is as popular now and done by so many different artists nowadays as it was, you know, originally back in 1939. Yeah. So we have a lovely uh, orchestral arrangement of Over the Rainbow. So we're not actually taking the, we're taking a road trip here, but it's, if, if we actually plotted this out on the map, on our stops, this isn't necessarily the order that we no, <laughs> plot no, out. That's in. done purposefully on this podcast. We're not giving you the order of the concert. We're just. It's a circuitous route. It is a circuitous route. They have to route. attend the concert if they want to know the true map. Tickets are available at EismanCenter.com. Where to next, Maestro? We're going to perform uh, Copeland's Hoedown which is one movement of uh, a set of works uh, from Rodeo. Right. And Hoedown is one of the most famous uh, of, the, of the musical selections. And you can't really nail down and say this is for one specific place. We, we've really put it in Colorado because it, it, Hoedown really, to me, and lots of Copeland's writing, is Americana in itself. It, Copeland was a very, I mean, I, I don't know if traditionalist, but when you think of American classical or American music, Aaron Copeland is. Well, and he, the way he wrote uh, string instruments are written in fifths, uh-huh. the, like the cello is an A string and a D mm-hmm. G and a C. And those are going down are perfect fifths. And just the openness of that interval fifth, right. It just create, it sounds expansive or, or wide ranging or like the, like the Midwest is right. well, big open fields or big open plains, I should right. say. Of course, Colorado has mountains too, right. and he's written things that, that deal with that as well. Uh, and then open strings of string instruments too sounds very, um, uh, just, I, I can't explain it. It's Americana. It, just right. sound, it sounds that way. Sure. And the, the instrumentation, there's a piano. You can imagine an old piano at a saloon or something in, uh, right. in the 1800s or something. In the, the way he uses the piano there. And so we say it's for Colorado, but I, I would say it could be for a lot of states, uh, Nebraska and Missouri. Sure. I would put it in Texas too. You well, know, that type Utah, of- Montana. Yeah. I mean, it really embodies the American West. Uh, right. Well said. Mm-hmm. Very good. And yeah. a lot of his repertoire, the, you think of Fanfare for the Common Man. One of my uh, favorite pieces. His, his third symphony, um, of course, Americana in a different sense, more patriotic would be Lincoln Portrait. Yes. So just a lot of, I couldn't, I couldn't do this concert without a piece by Copeland. Um, Ross, one of the fun things about this concert is that there will be some visual accompaniments. So uh, for the audience, uh, they'll have, in addition to hearing the orchestra's performance, they'll be able to watch a screen above the orchestra where visuals will be accompanying each of the musical stops. And we're partnering with Sean Goodrich, who we've worked with before for some of our movie-themed concerts. And he's putting together some montages for each stop along this musical journey. And it will be a lot of fun. He's, he's got found footage. and um, Oh, I love that. From newsreel footage to some random things he's found to film clips. It'll be very eclectic and a lot of fun. Very special. Um, another exciting component to this concert is that um, we'll have a narrator who will be really? leading us on our musical journey. And it's Amy Bishop from WRR. Um, most of our 
most of our audience will recognize Amy's voice because she is uh, the midday host and she's also the director of marketing and promotions for the station. The other composer I had to include in this concert when dealing with America is George Gershwin. And of course, he's known for Rhapsody in Blue and right. American in Paris. And, uh, but one shorter work I thought would be appropriate is called Promenade, or it's also known as uh, Walking the Dog. It's from the real McCoy. And uh, he used it in the film. It's a film in 1937, Shall We Dance? It has Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. And this, this orchestration of it has a beautiful clarinet solo that uh, it's just, it feels, just feels like you're strolling down uh, from place to place and taking it all in. And that's kind of what the whole concept of our, of our concert is. So I thought that, that kind of uh, deals with several things. We have an American composer. You know, he's sure. as American as it gets and um, promenade going from place to place. And it sets the stage for the rest of the program. That's right. Yeah, the perfect overture. Okay. So, Laurie, we're one of the other places we're going is Chicago. Yes. Chicago is one of my other favorite stops on the musical journey. Um because I love the music from the musical Chicago. I love all Broadway musicals, but this one, of course, it's set in Chicago. So that's where we've linked it. And musicals in general is kind of a, an American it's definitely genre. American. Yes. yes. And we had to include one for yeah. sure. Right. It was hard to make a decision. Absolutely. We had many, many different considerations, but um, this is where we landed. So we're excited to include this. Of course, one of the most famous Musical selections from Chicago is and all that jazz. Uh, some of the others, um, you probably know the the music itself, but the names of some of the songs are Cell Block Tango and Roxy, and we both reach for the gun. I can just see uh, what were the two uh, actresses in the movie. In the movie, it was Catherine Zeta Jones and Renee Zellweger. Zellweger, yeah. yeah. I, I see them two going at it when when. Uh, some of these mm-hmm. songs are going. And we end our concert with America the Beautiful. So why did you pick America the Beautiful, Maestro? Well, we, we can't stop at one specific location. I want to encapsulate. I, I want to right. say this is all from the same country. All these places we stopped at have to do with the same country. So as individualistic as they are, we are one nation. Right. And... Um, this particular arrangement, as I mentioned before, was by Carmen Dragon. And of all his arrangements that he did, this one is by far the most famous. When, really? I, when I mentioned Hollywood Bowl, this one's that they would play over and over again. And um, these are rentals. Anything by Carmen Dragon, you go through Carmen Dragon's uh, publishing agency. Mm-hmm. And they are proud to say this is by far their most famous rental that they give for all symphony orchestra really and uh, there's a reason it's the best arrangement of america beautiful that i know it's got the lush beautiful sounds of you might think 1950s hollywood yes so uh it gives that retrospect feel to to the work but it's as exciting as you can get and it it it's lush it gives you the good feelings of patriotism right as, as well and uh, the orchestra always loves to play it Every you know, time we've done it. And I'm sure we could pick destinations all throughout the United States that we 
that aren't embodied in this and what better capstone uh, to give the audience a, a sense of Americana and America than to end the program with America the Beautiful. That's right. I hope it's a sense of fulfillment and the journey that we've made it through. A sense of unity and being together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to end on a patriotic note. So America the Beautiful is the perfect finale. And again, the concert is February 6th at 8 p.m. at the Eisman Center. Well, what a great conversation this has been this afternoon. Laurie, I want to thank you for sharing a mic with us. I know everyone is looking forward to the Great American Road Trip on February 6th. And I want to take just a minute to thank our podcast sponsors, the Ray Charitable Trust, Humanities of Texas, and Frost Bank. I want to remind everyone that tickets are available at the Eisman Center Ticket Office and on their website at EismanCenter.com. Maestro, thank you. It's always great to chat with you. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to Portraits and Music with Maestro Clay Cattorio. I'm your producer and co-host, Ross Sievertson. Remember, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button so you can get new episodes downloaded to you automatically. Reviews and ratings are always appreciated, and it helps us to provide you with more great inside conversations from the Richardson Symphony Orchestra. Until next time.